Skitter. Skitter. Skitter pal meow meow. Welcome to the plug with Bushy, Sand in the Mountain Man. Welcome to the plug with Bushy, Sand in the Mountain Man. Hey, welcome to another edition of the plug with Bushy, Sin, and the Mountain Man coming at you. Well, we're recording on a Sunday, which is a little abnormal. Had to wake Sin's ass up. Roll about a bed, but we're here. Got a great topic for you today, Bushy. That's me, Sid Mountain Man. How we doing? Oh, we're doing all right. Like I said, you pretty much called there. I'm just rolling out of bed, sitting here, sitting on my pillow, trying to get comfortable for this nice little episode. Nice, nice, Mountain Man. Skitter pal, meow meow, could not complain, brother. Just sitting here. I already had a little bit of lunch with the wifey. Couple little spats as you know married couples do but hell we kiss make up and get over it so hey can't complain at all mountain babies uh, mountain babies out of the house so it's been kind of quiet so yeah can't complain at all this morning well afternoon uh, whatever you want to call it is, isn't it funny how uh you love a kid so much but all you really truly want in this life is quiet yes very very <laughs> much Oh, man. I am hung the fuck over. No. Uh, no. Uh, well, see, normally I just drink a lot. But last night, Jen and I went to, a, to an annual Halloween party. We've been going to it for a few years. And it's always... I didn't even think about it when I scheduled this for 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. It's always a good time, but holy Jesus. So I'm in a little bit of pain, but we're going to get through this anyway. Sid... Oh, uh, my week was crappy, man. Fucking watched my Yankees play on my birthday on my parents' uh, wedding anniversary and both games they fucking lost. So, yeah. <laughs> my week. So, not going to the World Series? Not going to the World Series. Not going to watch, yes! man. It's all about the Dodgers this year. Yep, all about Dodgers. Anybody rooting for Houston just because they suffered a hurricane can kiss my ass. Baseball's fixed. So. <laughs> I don't know how fixed it is, but uh, I, I hate the Yankees, so that's good news for me. Our buddy Mark Taylor over there, Freeform Rock Podcast, he uh, he's a big Dodgers fan, so first time 29 years, he's pretty strong. Yeah, uh, I'll be happy for our boy Mark, man, for sure. Like I said, hopefully uh, hopefully the Dodgers pull that off, man. Uh, they only lost one game to the Cubs, so uh, they're already calling for a sweep. So we'll have to see. Five days rest, it should be a blowout game one. So. That, that could be really, really... I don't know that I've ever seen a sweep in the series, but that would be badass. Yeah. About that, how was your week? Oh, cannot complain. Run to death with this this new little job, uh, being a security officer now, which can't complain. It's actually pretty pie work, but, I mean, we just we went from uh, eight-hour shifts up to 12, so that's kind of mucking with 
with my uh, way of doing things, because you jump from 8 to 12, good Lord have mercy, it gets boring as crap, but then your days, you're like, oh my God, I just slept five hours, I gotta get up and go do this shit again. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, welcome to my world. Um, Wednesday, I work six and a half. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 12 and a half. So I, I feel you. For sure. For and sure. then your weekend goes too fast. You right. Know? This goes too fast. Uh, other than that, week week's been pretty good. Uh, uh, like I said, Mountain Babies uh, with uh, Grandma and Grandpa uh, for the weekend. So, been kind of quiet. Me and the me and Mountain Lady over here went out on a little date last night. Went low for in a little bit. So, not not something uh, generally you get to do with a with a new baby. So yeah, been been pretty good week. What about you, Bushy? How about yours, brother? Outstanding. Uh. My week, man, it's had its ups and downs. Um, last week, of course, as you know, listening in, the Sinzak episode didn't record. I was freaking out and devastated. And me and Joe had to go on late as shit to record a second episode, which I do think turned out okay. Oh, it turned out but, good, man. but I'm going to kill you both for that new kids on the block spank, both you motherfuckers. I were to kill you both after listening to that. Hey, I couldn't believe he said that shit either. Okay? Yeah, but both y'all was ones that said, "Oh yeah, Mountain Man, you know, had to love it." Fuck you both. I was only four and five, you assholes. Oh yeah. See, I'll, by, by the time the, me and Sid did that, I went and grabbed more beer. I was pretty hammered for that one. Too. <laughs> right. Uh, so you know, but we 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 pulled out of that. Um. Uh, let's see the uh the work week. Man, Thursday night I went to bed and my mouth was sore. I get up Friday, and I'm in full-blown pain. Uh, I have a tooth that has a big old hole in it, and I know it. I just hate the dentist. Um, I go to work, and by 6.30 in the morning, i got to be there at 5.30. By 6.30, I'm outside in the smoker's shed, hunched over in tears, because I have a sharp shooting pain in a tooth in the top left side of my mouth. And then that aching throb in that back bottom left tooth has been bothering me forever. In tears. And finally, by 8 o'clock, I, I tried to go to an urgent care because I couldn't get a dentist. I was calling dentists all around. Nobody has any openings. So I go to urgent care. And urgent care says that uh, insurance companies will not pay an urgent care facility for dental pain. You have to go to the emergency room. Like, Jesus Christ. So I already went, you know, five miles out of my way. Now I got to drive another, you know, three, four miles to get to the stupid hospital. I got lucky. It was not busy. Uh, they had my vitals done within five minutes. I was in the office within 10 minutes, you know, back there in one of the rooms. And of course, you got to see three different people before you see the motherfucker you got to see. And meanwhile, I'm there just crying. You know, I, I've never felt pain like this. The guy asked me on a scale of one to 10, what's this pain? I said an 11. He said, it's the worst pain you ever felt. I said, yes, motherfucker, it's the worst pain I've ever felt. You know, <laughs> grown-ass 42-year-old man, tears streaming down his face. I think it's safe to say it fucking hurts. The nurse practitioner comes in, which is fine. I know that they have the ability to subscribe. Looks at my mouth, says, you have some abscesses and cavities. You need a dentist, not us. I said, no shit, Shantae. Because <laughs> at this point, I'm hurting and I'm irritated. Because you know how your temper gets when once you're in that kind of pain. Right. If I could have got a dentist, I would be at a dentist with a needle in my mouth having these fuckers pulled out. I can't get a dentist right now. I need something for this pain. 
so he hooks me up, you know, and uh, by the time I get back to work, it's like 10 o'clock, and I'm like, look, I've still got to drive 10 miles to my pharmacy, which is out here by where I live, you know, I go to the Walmart pharmacy out here in Luray, or Calcium, which is a mile from my house, but it's, you know, 5 or 10 miles from work. I said, uh, I'm, I'm not coming back. I, I'm dying. You know, I'm going to have to eat this point, which sucks because I have to eat an attendance point. But boy, let me tell you something. I come home after hitting the pharmacy. I sat on my couch. I popped two of these Tylenol codeines. And the next thing I know, Nevaeh's walking to the house saying, what are you doing home? <laughs> <laughs> Gone to the world. Uh, I was able to work Saturday, um, of course, taking that medication. So I made sure to do the responsible thing and not be on the forklift. I don't want to kill anybody or hurt myself. Um, by Saturday night, man, I was good. We went to that party. Um, I did take one more pill before I went to the party. Got hammered drunk. Good time. Came home. Tried to have sex like a 20-year-old. My back's paying for it. But it was fun. It was good. You also <laughs> forgot you not drunk texting, but high texting me and seeing on our little uh, page there. Yeah. That was interesting. Did I really? Yes, you did. Oh, those those pills are good. Those I I you know what I'm not pro drug, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I understand. Yeah, I, I can relate to tooth pain, man. I mean, I I used to have abscess left and right, and that fucking pain is some unbearable shit, man. Like oh, it's the that worst. throbbing when you get that throbbing, you don't understand. If you guys got like the perfect little pearly whites, man, when your teeth start to go away and they cause you that much pain. It not only affects your area of where you eat at, this pain literally shoots up into your head to the very yes. top and then shimmers all the way down your fucking spine. So yep. trust yeah, me, Bush, me, I can was, feel your pain, brother. Oh, man, it was hurting all the way up to the top left side of my skull. Oh. So I was holding the whole left side of my face, you know. And then that bottom tooth. It was hurting. That's in the back of my mouth. It was hurting all the way along my jawline up to the middle of my chin and then back down into my neck. Worst thing ever. Oddly enough, today, nothing. Nice. Nothing. No pain whatsoever and no pain medication. I haven't taken anything. So that's a plus there. Well, we know you haven't taken anything. You haven't uh, high texted this yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, I was I'll be looking night. forward for your radio show tonight. I know it'd be good if I throw in some requests tonight. Motherfucker, I swear to God, you request cure getting on his show, I'll kill you both, me, in the middle of work, and people walking in to be checked in, and you hear the freaking cure come across my damn phone. Whatever, I'm alone with you. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of that, I think it's time to play a song. Who wants to take the first song? Who wants to take the first song? Not me. I'm still waking up. All right, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck you guys. I'm going to go really, really old school. Here you go. Simon and Garfunkel, Sound of Silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence 
restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath a halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stabbed By the flash of a neon light That split the night the sound of silence and in the naked light I saw ten thousand people maybe more people talking without speaking people hearing without listening people writing songs that voices no one dared disturb the sound of silence. Who said I you do not know? Silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. But my words. song is fucking beautiful and i actually like the disturbed version i was impressed with that and you don't even like the herb that's kind of shocking dude i dravian i was i was impressed because i i went into that when i first heard that i watched a video here on youtube and uh when i went to hit play i looked over at jan and said this shit's gonna fucking suck i just knew it but i wanted to see the fabulous disaster that it was and i sat back Wow, I was completely blown away. Did such a great job, such a great well, job. Well, for Disturbed, I mean, for sure, they 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 do not do many many songs like that. So even I, I'm not a fan. The only song I ever ever liked by Disturbed would have to be Stricken. But at the same time, I mean, for him being able to pull, you wouldn't think he would have that kind of vocal outlay for to pull to pull actually pull off that song. I was impressed as well. Well, see, I should have known better because he teamed up with Lizzie Hell, uh, Hale, not Hell, Hale, and uh, did, um, they covered Ozzy and Lita Ford's Close My Eyes Forever. That was amazing. True. true. So I guess I, I guess I should have known that he could do it. Well, are you just doing, are you just doing one song on this block or two? I was just going to play one. Why, you want to play a song? Dude, if you're feeling some tunes, we'll play Oh, two. dude, I've got one that I know, uh, uh, you'll definitely love. This one's from a little while back from a band me and you both love. 
And since I since I've kind of got back into them a little more because of their new album, uh, uh, Lower the Bar. This is an old good song track. It's just fun as hell to listen to. I'm gonna have to run with Steel Panther Glory Hole.
one of my all-time favorite fucking Steel Panther songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blow my load at the glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had to throw that one out there. I, I, with the, with you sitting it low on, for a good slow song, I had to pick it up a little bit, especially with Steel Panther. Who the hell don't love Steel Panther? Oh, I, I know some people. I know some people. Uh, Brothers Grimm, uh, Chris Natalini, lead singer for the great thrash band Blood Feast, hates Steel Panther. <laughs> oh, my God. How, how can you not like them? They're, they're comedic act along with it jesus christ that's one of the most genius things i've ever seen a band in my life oh i while i agree uh he doesn't like gimmick bands i guess oh my god they're they're 80s 80s jesus christ hair metal what what can you not love about uh dude i i'm with you uh he did say that um it, which is something I've said. He wishes they would do serious stuff. My thing is, I don't think they would be as big as they are if they played serious music. This, this is true. This is true. But hell, so with the radio. They play serious music with ridiculous lyrics. I love them. They're funny. Yes, it's absolutely awesome. I knew I had to throw that one in there. I got a few more online, but we're going to have to run with uh, uh, Sam Nick. So. But anyway, right, right. Uh, last time we did have a chat, we had discussed uh, getting rid of uh, Words of the Week, which I kind of somewhat agree on, so we might as well just throw that out there for our fans to know. Sure, sure, yeah. As of right now, Word of the Week is um, on hiatus. We will uh, discuss it, see if we can um, make it a better segment. Right. And, uh, and... You know, go from there. Maybe we'll bring it back. Who knows? But uh, it's fun while it lasted. We could always come up with something else. True. True. But for right now, it is on a on on a hiatus. Let's put it that way. Gotcha, gotcha. Words of the week has taken a leave of absence. Yeah, she. Oh, right. She so, wasn't paying the bills. <laughs> <laughs> she is paying uh, the bills. So, is just we miss silent or freaking menstrual cycle from you. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, no yeah. menstrual cycles neither. Not, not a, not a view fan. I was fixing to say, at least you know we're busting your balls for that sorry ass content. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like the uh, record review every so often. It's, it's fun to delve into an album. Um, we will be having Wadzilla on, um, in the future. I'm still trying to coordinate that. Uh, he's best for weekends. So we're going to have to do a weekend recording again. Um, to do another Fabe Cure review, which is going to be loads of fun for the Mountain Man. Oh, yeah. Did, did you uh, catch my message, by the way, where I had to go get a shot? Something that's contagious going around up here in the mountains. Did I tell you about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, it's called that. Fuck the Curitis. I'm telling you, it's pretty damn contagious. <laughs> I, I had to go get a shot, and whenever Ian shows up, I'm going to have to go get a fucking another one, too. Nice, nice. That's funny because Ian hates Sammy Hagar but loves the cure. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but what's going on tonight that's huge in their television world? <laughs> Fuck, man. Ain't there like season eight or some shit? I, I hope we I that's hope we right. have an opening like season seven. Yeah. Episode one hundred. Of The Walking Dead airs tonight. Wow. So, since that's such a famed horror show, always starts in October, we are writing up 
on Halloween's coattails, why not discuss some of our favorite Halloween films? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are going to list down, I believe, our top five favorite horror films of all time. Um, I know I have some goofy ones. Uh, and I also have some strong opinions on some others, so I can't wait to find out you know, where everybody goes with these particular uh, movies, because some I think are cheesy as fuck, some I think are flat out stupid. That's what makes it fun. Let's dive right in. Mountain Man. Yes, sir. What's your fifth favorite? Fifth favorite all time. Fifth favorite of all time. This is going back to 1976. This was a movie actually we discussed a little while back on uh, teen movies episodes that we basically said that I had an argument with one of my friends that over it could be classified as a teen movie. It, it basis is a horror movie, but this one's an all-time favorite of mine. And also on Granny Clyde's little list over here, I'm going to have to run with Carrie. Ooh, that's, that, that is a good one. And yes, me and Mr. Lamoureux both agreed with you. It fits the, uh, the teen movie genre, although it was a horror film and book by the great Stephen Correct. King. Correct. Yes, sir. Great choice. And you know what? That, that's a, uh, there's a lesson in Carrie that um, isn't being taught today. And that lesson is, you don't fucking bully the freaky motherfuckers, okay? Because they will exact their revenge. Yes, they'll have powers shoot out their fucking eyeballs and burn your ass to the ground. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but, but that's the whole thing. Uh, bullying has become such a thing that, you know, you try to stop instead of trying to teach he who was bullied how to stand up to they who are bullying. Right. Now, it's it's not something that happens anymore, and that's what I like about Carrie. Carrie finally snapped. She raged after the pig's blood was dumped all over her at the prom. It finally gave those people what for. And that's all that movie is, if you ask me. It's an homage to bullying and how to finally get back at they who are you know doing the bullying. The problem is we don't want people going out there and killing each other. Right, right. You know, and that's and that's and that's where I struggle with this bullying thing. Because we have kids killing themselves because they can't handle being picked on. And like, Fuck, I got picked on all the time. I have big eyes. I used to have a guy with a wide-ass nose. I mean, I swear this nose covered half his face. And this dude would open his eyes real wide looking at me. And I'm like, yeah, okay, dude. Between my eyes and that goddamn nose of yours, we make a great detective duo. Right. You know, <laughs> you stand up to these people. Jesus. That's, the, that's what I got from Carrie. What do you take from Carrie? Uh, for me, basis, I'm going to have to say the same exact thing. Quit the freaking bullying crap because, I mean, uh, that is something that is still going on today that is, uh, unfortunately, has not stopped at all. Well, it'll always go on. No, of course. But, I mean, yeah, basis of uh, basically bullying, trying to get it to stop, but at the same time, uh, for someone that gets bullied after so long, yeah, they're going to pull a carry. They may not kill you, but they will make sure to know you need to fucking quit shortly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sid, you're number five. My number five would feature Agnes Scrim and Reggie Bannister, 1979 cult classic Phantasm. You know, the 
story about the tall man and the damn hearse and those little spear balls that would just come and freaking put embalming fluid inside your head and make it squirt. Yeah, that type of movie would be my horror movie right there for number five. Nice. You know, and uh, I, I don't know that I've actually ever seen that film. Um, any any actors, actresses we may know? Uh, Agnes Grimm, I guess, was a huge actor back in the 50s and 60s. Uh, Reggie Bannister, who plays Reggie on there. A. Michael Baldwin, who plays Mike on there. You got Bill Thornbury, who plays Joby, and Kathy Lester, who plays the Lady in Lavender, the top five actors in that movie. If you ain't heard one of those people, you might want to go and uh, try to Google up uh, the Phantasm movie. Start with the first one till the last one. The last one was kind of crappy, but... Still, nonetheless, they, I think it was like a That's normally year how gap. horror movies yeah. go. Yeah, 20-year gap. Yeah, that, that's been my my thing that I've noticed with horror films. The first one's always great. Yep. My number five is old, old, old. But you cannot negate the icon that is Count Dracula. Uh-huh. 1931. Bela Lugosi, Dracula. Creepy film for its time. No soundtrack. I actually prefer it in its original format with no music. They did re-release it to try to add some atmosphere and ambiance, but no, there's so much atmosphere and ambiance in this film as it is. Count Dracula, 1931. He goes to London and starts, you know, draining the life from, I believe her name was Mina believe that was the name of the the character you know trying to bring him into or bring her into his fold we got to first see renfield (laughs) (laughs) i love dracula it's the reason i love dracula or uh vampire movies is is this film it's also the reason i fucking hate the twilight series Okay, and I'm going on the record as saying this is the weakest, sissiest shit I have ever seen in my life. That's obviously for little teen girls that are still diddling themselves and don't know what real men are. Amen. Vampires do not glitter in the sunlight, and they eat people. Jesus. (laughs) I've only seen the first two. I I was forced to watch the first two. Nobody's been big enough to make me watch the last three. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I've seen. So that's my number five. I don't think I've seen any oh, of them. Don't please, just don't, because knowing you, you would like. Oh, it. but fuck you, <laughs> Really? Yes, yes, really. He said that because, uh, see, Jessica would be the type to want to sit there and watch it, and you, being the married man, will have to sit there and be forced to watch it. Oh, motherfucker, I'm pussy whooped and I'm married, yes, but they ain't enough times in a day should give me pussy to make me watch fucking Twilight. Uh, I watched Twilight with my daughter's mother for that reason alone. That was two hours I could never get back in my life, but I did make up for it. Um, then the first time, because I don't know if you guys know, Dan and, uh, Jen and I actually dated years ago. Uh, one, I was broke up from... Uh, Nevaeh's mother, but it only been for like a month or so, so we weren't ready, didn't work out. But I was at my sister's house with her, 
my sister was having us watch the second one. I kept leaving the room. Every time I left the room, she would pause it. No, you can't miss it. No, no, really. Yeah, keep I going. Can. It's okay. Yeah, leave it running. <laughs> Don't pause this shit on my account. I even, I even took the dog for a 30-minute walk. <laughs> Jen and Thor, 30-minute walk, come back, and just fucking pause. Like, God damn it. Right. So that two and a half hours took closer to five. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, what a miserable experience. Miserable experience. Number four, Sin. Number four, I actually have been binge watching this week on Sci-Fi. See, Sci-Fi does their uh, 31 Days of Halloween, unlike AMC, who now has cut theirs down to just a week called Fear Fest. Um, I'd never really paid attention to this movie like who who the survivors are but come to find out all six of the original movies the hero of the movie was a female and it's crazy to think that you know the only person that was a guy that remotely came close to killing this fuck was uh, Mark Patton in the second sequel of the movie but uh, my movie right there would probably be Freddy Krueger, yes, Wes Craven, Nightmare on Elm Street, the whole series, one through six. Shoot ya. Yeah. Nice, nice. I uh, I liked the first one. I liked uh, the last one. And I liked the reboot. I thought that Freddy was way creepier. Like, that guy was way scarier. Uh, was that Earl Lee Haley or something like that? That guy was way better as Kruger than uh, Robert Englund yes. because it were, they weren't putting the comedy twist on it. I liked the fact that we find out what we all already knew, but they showed the fact that this was a creepy pedophile son of a bitch that was killing kids. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about the brand new reboot. By brand new, I mean years ago, but excellent choice, excellent choice. I, uh, I cannot argue... Especially the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Great choice. Yes, for sure. Great choice. Oh, yeah, my number four. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's where Johnny Depp got his big break at, too, playing uh, Heather Langkamp's boyfriend. Yeah, got sucked into the waterbed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome kill scene, by the way, too. Yeah, yeah, and after that, he was on 21 Jump Street. So. Yep. All right. Great choice. My number four. It's the only one I like in the series. There have been, I don't know, 376 versions of this film. (laughs) Uh, All stupider than the last. Um, They rebooted it. Uh, They started it off right with the reboot. Then they fucked it up and went back to the idiot. But my number four all-time favorite is actually a slasher film like, uh, like Nightmare. And in fact, it's the other horror genre or horror film that competed with Nightmare. I'm talking about the great 1980 Friday the 13th. I love this movie and I'll tell you why. It has an almost believable sense about it. You have this woman who's distraught and gone crazy over the death of her mentally and physically handicapped child drowning at Camp Crystal Lake because two camp counselors were having sex. So whenever these kids come up, she exacts her revenge. It makes sense. What I don't understand is after 
Friday the 13th, how did this little handicapped, scrawny, young preteen to maybe teenage kid turn into this evil hockey mask wearing psycho with a goddamn machete? I hate everything about Jason. You could take all those other films and shove them right up your tailpipe. Mm. But the original Friday the 13th, love that movie. Oh, and great choice. Great choice. I, I agree with that. And I was even always confused about that growing up. How in the hell later on did this just cycle continue? But yeah, the original was absolutely marvelous. Yeah, there, there should have never been a sequel. They could have made a whole other thing with a crazy psycho with a hockey mask. And they still could have called him Jason. But it didn't have to be Friday the 13th. Right. Right. Because it makes no sense. I'm sorry. I know it's Hollywood, but things have to make sense. True. True. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, man. Number four about man. Well, my number four comes a, the I, I love original movies, horrors, compared to the reboots. But I'm kind of interested in the movie they've got coming up here shortly that's basically basing on Leatherface himself. But I'm going to have to run with 1974, a little bit sooner than Carrie, but the original, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Outstanding. I, I'll tell you something. That movie actually grossed me out when I saw it. And I saw it as an older person. I, I was in the Army at the time. But that scene where that Dukes, I can't remember if it was Leatherface himself or just one of the family, that smashed that dude in the head with that sledgehammer. And he hit the ground and he was all shaking and convulsing. Because you know that's how nerves work. People don't realize that. That's how nerves work. Yeah. They will mess your world up. That grossed me out so much. It had to have been while I was in the Army because I was a combat medic and had already seen a couple things. So... Yeah, absolutely fucked me up. That, if I'm correct, <laughs> looking back, I'm trying to remember that scene in my head because I just watched, I think that was Leatherface that caught him because he was running through the house trying to get out. Yeah, he just, wham, right on top of the dog. Yeah, just like nothing. Yeah. Jesus, that, that, that's sending shivers down my spine now, but still. <laughs> great movie, great movie. All right. Yeah, that is a good one. You know what? How about we take a song break? Sid, I need a song. Yeah, uh, you can kiss me or it smells funny, Bloodhound Gang. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's the event you've all been waiting for.
money. You know, before I played that, I thought you were telling me to. That was weird. Blood <laughs> <No. laughs> Gang. Yeah. Great, great, great little song. Fast paced, too. A lot better than the Bad Touch, I must say, too, in my opinion. How, how the hell did we go from decent music to what the fuck are we listening to music? <laughs> No, you, you, when you hear this song, you started it with Steel Panther. Yeah, you, you hear it and you're like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's it's got a catchy little beat to it. Nice, nice. All right, number three. I guess I'll take number three. Right. Uh, this one is classic. Possibly <gasps> one of Jack Nicholson's greatest starring roles. Loosely adapted, and I'm going to use that term loosely adapted from the Stephen King book of the same name uh, because so many things were changed while the characters and the hotel remained the same. Talking about the hauntingly spectacular 1980 Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. I, uh, I, I love this film. The Descent into Madness that we see with Jack Torrance as this hotel slowly takes over his mind and makes him go crazy, is brilliant. Shelley Duvall, she's not a great actress. I actually preferred her, believe it or not, as Olive Oil in Popeye right. with Robin Williams. But the whole reason, I'm convinced, the whole reason she got that role is because when she's screaming and when she's showing terror, fear, you believe it. You believe her. You are terrified for her. Oh yeah. That little creepy fucking boy, Danny. Fuck him. I would have. I would have lost that kid. That kid would have been gone. Talking with his little finger. Okay. No. No. Fuck you, man. The 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 hotel scene where he, you know, Jack walks into the room, and you know, you got the naked woman gets out of the tub and he's making out with her, and then you see what she really is. You know, the elevator with the blood pouring out. The two little girls in the room. The bartender behind the bar. Everything about that film is just 
horrifying. The things I don't like, um, I have to take into context because at that time, computer graphics were not existent. So uh, you might be able to pay, uh, you know, put laser beams on for a Star Trek or Star Wars film, but you couldn't make hedges move. So the, what is it, the hedge creatures, you know, they had cut animals out of, out of bushes, basically. Right. In the book, those come to life and come at Danny and come at Jack. In the movie, that's not something they could do. So I loved the idea of the hedge maze. They still keep the hedges in, just with a different twist. Scatman Crothers, man, I, I, I love that guy. He was a great actor. I loved him doing the voice in uh, 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 the Aristocats. And that song he sang with um, Phil Harris. If you remember that conversation about uh, um, with with Ralph Vieira, big band music, um, Scatman Crothers, another one of those uh, big band kind of guys, just great horror film. To this day, still creeps me out anytime I see it. It's you know, other than one flew over the cuckoo's nest, I defy you to find better performance by Jack Nicholson. Very true. Maybe a may, maybe a few good men. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that movie in general. That movie gives me the creeps. It didn't make my top five because I'm not like a diehard, hardcore Stephen King fan. But uh, no, I have to agree. That movie is one of the creepiest ones I ever seen. And like it, it really tapers off very slowly in the beginning of the movie when he's getting the hotel gig and stuff like that. But boy, once he gets that hotel gig, and you think I, I maybe. See, this is why I should watch movies and pay attention to actors. But uh, the guy who actually gives Shelly Duvall the tour of the kitchen, the whole I believe he's the hotel like manager of some sort. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bushy, but you know who I'm speaking of, right? The guy that takes Danny and he's like... The old black yeah, guy? Yeah, dude. Scat Mad Crothers. My lord, that dude is creepy, bro. Like, And he's not even part of like trying to hurt them or nothing he actually warns you know Shelly Duvall's character like hey you know this hotel is gonna fuck with your head here the longer you stay and she's trying to get out but I, I look at it Daddy, and he tries to help out daddy you know he's like he knows he's got the shine on him that's what his mama used yeah, to call it or his grandmama man. used to call it was the shine Bro, that dude mm. great film that they they ended up doing a mini series and went strictly by the Stephen King book. Mm. And while I enjoyed that, it wasn't nearly. No, as I, good I'm gonna as say because Cooper's I don't, I don't right. think it was much of Wes Craven's doing. I, I want to say it was New Line Cinema that didn't want to tap into the pedophile storyline that, which is we all know Freddy Krueger. And I think they were trying to keep it basically under the wraps. So I can't really say that was a Wes Craven issue. I want to say it was a new line cinema. Robert Shea, uh, the producer, uh, trying to stay away from it pretty much. But the the reboot, to, to me, it was creepy. But in, in the same sense, like to when you do a reboot, you want to try to stay towards the original story. And that's oh. where it failed. No, it it failed epically, brother. It, uh, it failed. You're just a it, you're you're just a hater on that reboot then, because it totally stayed with the story. They obviously had to modernize it. The 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 Freddie makeup was leaps and bounds 
better. Oh no, yeah, than that the original was because Freddie looked like he had actually been horrifically burned. Been burned. Because Robert Eggman's Freddy Krueger, he had ears. Okay, if you're burnt to a crisp in a fire, guess what comes off? Those ears. Your ears. So just the little holes exactly. where you know Freddy could hear, but doesn't have the, uh, the the actual ear itself. That that gave a certain sense of realism. And like I said, the pedophilia, while gross, made the character even scarier. And the fact that he wasn't doing all those stupid jokes, he didn't stretch his arms out a hundred feet on either side. No, the the new Freddy was way better. But I still love the original. Now, out of that series, I only like the original. And I like that one where everybody came back and they were like playing themselves. Yeah, Yeah, that one was good. The rest of them, they just got stupid, you know. And that, that Freddie became a joke. Hey, baby, want to suck face? And he sucks all the air out of the asthmatic girl. It's fucking welcome stupid. to prime time, bitch. Stupid. And you fucking list the girl slams through the TV. Stupid. Like, yeah, you know nobody can jump and headbang through them themselves through a TV like that. Anyway, let's get back into this countdown. I believe we're on number three, and I'll go ahead and take number three, Mountain Man. If that's all right. Yes, uh, please do, because mine was the same thing as Bushy's, and I'm scrambling like hell trying to oh, find no. another one, so please. You, you had The Shining as well, Stanley Kubrick? Yes, I did. Outstanding. Yes, I, I, that's why I said son of a bitch Ooh. a minute ago. I don't I know did. if you caught it. It'll probably be I thought, I thought it was going to be one of those like, deals for yours. It's like, that. Oh, fuck, that's my number one, but no, that's awesome. No, that, that was my number three, so yes, Sam, please run with it. All right, my, my number three actually is not it comes out every almost well when they were originally doing the first seven movies they were almost coming out back to back to back to back uh uh for halloween which is kind of weird because this movie has no direction towards anything remotely about halloween or the seasons of the witch but uh in the same sense this movie's not even known as a horror movie if you look it up it's actually under suspense and thriller and the fact that they're coming out with an eighth movie in theaters, it's unheard of. Like, you don't hear of an eight sequel movie, unless you're fucking Jason I was about and to Freddy. Say Jason X? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, Jason X, you know, the like I said, the Freddy movies, you know, Freddy versus Jason, those guys are legendary classics. How Jigsaw got up uh, in there, I don't know. Fuck. But my number three will have to be soft. Just the original story, like the original of the two guys in this godforsaken, filthy fucking bathroom, sitting there having to play a game to save their lives. And all of a sudden, you know, they're they're trying to figure out clues of how they got there and how they did this and why why they're being put through this. It was, it was all a test, and if you look at it, uh, John Kramer really wasn't the killer. He gave you the tools to either survive the game or end up losing your life right. playing it. And I thought it was an awesome fucking concept from James uh, – I'm going to say it was James Wan or Wan and Lee Wano who did the original movie. Now, 
part seven, which was dubbed the final chapter for Saw, it was Saw 3D, the final chapter. We all thought, well, hey, this is it. You know, they're not going to come back, blah, blah, blah. But they left this shit so wide open because the doctor who was played by Carrie, I want to forgive me if I pronounce his name wrong. It's Carrie Ills, I think. But this guy literally brings his character back and is going against Hoffman, which is like the, the Jigsaw replacement, John Kramer's replacement character. And they're you know pretty much fucking with him now and it's like holy shit like you can't just kill the movie right there so right Um, well with with those films i have to agree yeah the way they done the basis of the beginning of it was fantastic but after freaking three and four i'm sorry it kind of i i'm not a fan after three after it it died after the first one okay the first one was brilliant absolutely brilliant you have these two guys duking it out mentally. And then you finally have Carrie Elways, you know, the, from the Princess Bride, finally snaps off and saws his own fucking foot off to get the hell out of there. And then you see the guy right. who's been dead in a pool of blood in the middle of the floor the whole show stand up and he was the instigator of this test. Brilliant film. After that, two... Yes. They said, well, well, we did good with this, so now let's make it a gore fest. Let's see what Jigsaw would really do. And then three, they're like, oh, right. well, let's see if we can blend the psychological with the macabre and see what we come up with. And then four, five, six, seven, no, eight, fuck that shit. Yeah. The first film, brilliant. Nah. I'm a huge fan of the original Saw movie. That, yes. like Friday the 13th, should have stopped there. No, I disagree because on the second one with so many people working together to get out of it to come to find out that one girl survived one of his tests, I thought the second film was brilliant. But after that point, no, it it really started to go down after the third one in my opinion. I really like the second one because she was working with him. She she was so psychologically uh, bum-fuzzled from what happened to her that she started following with him. I actually like the concept of the second movie. Yeah, the see the second one I see they they try to keep that original, right. uh, that original feel of John Kramer waking up at the very end and just kind of getting up and it's like ah yeah game over type shit. That's what they try to do with Amanda's character in part two. Unfortunately, it didn't have the same effect as John Kramer because Saw One had you so hooked, dude, like so hooked because you you were. You're like, how they get here? The entire movie, you're like, you know, tell us the story and just the way they told it and how they pieced brilliant. it. So it, it was brilliant. timed I mean, perfectly. What, there's only yeah, the suspense. What, what did they spend on that movie? And this is why I ask. There were two sets. There was the hotel room or whatever where the one guy's holding the wife and kid, and there's the yep. room that Kramer had Carrie Elways and the other guy. That's it. Yeah, you know, you know, it had it had to be less than ten million. I can almost guarantee you that it had to be yeah, less than and ten million. That's a sign of greatness. Okay, I bet the rest of these are high production, high budget films. That first one was amazing. It falls into the same category of brilliance, in my opinion, as the original Night of the Living Dead, because that's a classic. Although it did not make my list, 
That's one of those right. films that's iconic. It basically started the zombie film movement. All right, I, I I don't want to be an asshole to cut you guys off, but I was way off on the budget. It was only budgeted at one point two million and grossed grossed one hundred and three point nine million. Like the turnaround, the turnaround for that is ridiculous. Okay, That's so that wild. explains all the stupid fucking sequels. Exactly. Right. They That's found what a cash right cow, there. and they're yeah. like, "We're going to pip that teat out until it sucks dry." And yeah. they pretty well done that after the third. After the first, <laughs> but okay. All right, Mountain Man. Let's, <laughs> let's do this, brother. All right. Number three. Since I've had the scramble, I, I pretty much had two movies for each one, and basically, like Bushy does, which one beats out the other. So this is the one I had right beside on number three, and the reason why I like this one, in 2007, it's a thriller cult film, uh, and I know this is going to throw you off a little bit when I say this, but whenever you actually see a fucking puppet come to damn life to steal your damn tongue out of your head or anything like that to fucking get rid of you, that freaks the freaking hell out of me to see shit like that. So I'm actually going to have to go with 2007 movie Dead Silence. Huh. Is that the one about the, uh, the ventriloquist? That... Yes, the ventriloquist yeah, dolls. Uh, uh, the lady, yes, the lady uh, back in her town uh, ended up uh, because a little boy uh, messed up her. her uh, I see your lips moving. Yep. Yep, he called her out on it, and even and the doll supposedly then was already possessed. So uh, after she kidnaps him and basically turns him into uh, her own doll, her own son, in her little uh, theater in that little town, uh, the townspeople goes and murders her. So she comes back to life with 101 uh, other mannequin dolls. Now, now, uh, is this the one where she's operating the guy in the wheelchair, that that father, and yes. you know the daughter's yes. there and talking to him, and it's not to the end of the movie. No, that's huh? his wife. That's supposedly okay. his wife. But you figure out at the end of the film that she's actually there, moving his eyes and mouth and stuff to talk for him, giving her greatest performance, basically. Yes, yeah. pretty much, for her to uh, uh, kill the last Ashenson. I like the movie because in 2007, me and Mom was searching for good, good movies, and that was one of the ones that with a ghost coming back. For them calling it a cult movie, I wouldn't necessarily say that's what it is, but uh, for it being, you know, one for a ghost coming back, for sure, on that and ripping your tongue out. Yeah, that is well, pretty I think neat. They but called a cult the one part of because it has a cult following. It didn't have mainstream success, but people love it. Yeah, my true, number true. one is actually but, a but, cult film. Oh, okay, okay. But the the best part I love towards the end of the movie is him saying, "Why did you kill my wife?" And the uh, ghost telling him, uh, uh, you were not the last Ashen. The last Ashen was inside of her. So that part right there just took that film to a whole new gotcha. level. 
Basically. Uh, it, it, it's funny to know that Mountain Man has a fear of dolls. So if you have a fear of dolls, brother, and you love puppet movies like that, may I suggest Googling Puppet Master? Oh, that yeah. I've, is I'm, the I'm original not... like, doll-killing fucking movie right there, dude. It, it is. Uh, it I, is. I, I, I don't have play. a fear of them. Uh, well, oh, true, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Chucky wasn't what you would call a damn ventriloquist doll, so that's that's one of the reasons why it intrigued no. me. Chucky was just all that, that got that's possessed. That's true, but understand this, Mountain Man. When that movie came out... um. I was little. You weren't even around yet, I would imagine. Um, I wasn't even around. Yeah, the original Child's Play. Um, We had a doll called My Buddy. And then Mm -hmm. for the girls, they released Kid's Sister. And uh, the good guy doll looked an awful lot like the My Buddy doll. And when that son of a bitch came to life, that's the most horrifying thing I had seen. And I didn't own these dolls because I wasn't a doll kid. I had, a, you know, the little toy action figures. He-Man and G.I. Joe and all that and Star Wars stuff. But I didn't do dolls. I knew right. boys that had, you know, you know, boy Cabbage Patch kids. And I was like, fucking pussy. I, pro- I probably Oof. said something different back then. But you know what? It was the 80s. <laughs> it was a different time. But I knew a kid that had a My Buddy doll, and I was, like, laughing. <laughs> Playing with dolls. My sister does, too. But then, you right. see Child's Play. That's the scariest fucking thing in the world. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, you're, like, giving these goddamn My Buddy dolls and these kid sister dolls a second glance as you're walking by them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm with you on the doll thing. I understand the ventriloquist doll takes it to another level because I would hate to see Walter, you know, possessed. Oh, that would suck. Because uh, he would just be uh, a miserable prick while he's killing you. You dumbass! Oh yeah, <laughs> you dumbass! You you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and also, I don't know if you caught it, but Sin, uh, Sin over there called bullshit on you. Yeah, I, I called bullshit. I sneezed twice, but I don't know if you... I, no, I, the liquor might be nah. kicking in the alcohol. I, 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 I don't but, pay attention. Yeah, I, I called bullshit I, on I don't twice. pay attention. I know what's really up. Y'all, y'all could try to say bullshit. We know the real deal. <laughs> There's none more hard than the bush. So, <laughs> right, right. So now, I do believe Bushy ran with number three. So, Sin, you're number three, brother. You already gave number I already three did win. number three, dude. It was Jigsaw, Oh, I was dude. the last one. Okay, so number now we're going two. to number two. Pay attention. Gotcha. Write it down. It's easy if you follow along. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'll pull a Walter. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Jeff Dunham doll. <laughs> I love that miserable prick because he is me in 20 years. Oh, well, then if that's the case, if that's you in 20 years, I guess that makes me peanut. Hey, stop sign, horseshoe, turn around. Yeah, that's, I guess, peanut. That makes me. perfect fucking <laughs> sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Before we go to number two, let's play some music. <laughs> oh. How about how about we stay alive with the Bee Gees, man? I feel some disco coming on, man, right oh, about right. now. Stay alive.
Nice choice, Sid. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of the Bee Gees. Man, dude, I just, I don't know, like, ever since I saw that Limp Bizkit, uh damn concert, uh, well, I didn't see it personally, <laughs> but I was watching it on YouTube. They did their whole set. I think they were down in Brazil. Um, they literally closed out with that song. So imagine trying to put on a one-hour, 15-minute set and then just closing out with the all-time classic Bee Gees track right there. They didn't redo it. They just played the song in the background. And I thought it was a fitting way to close out a show. I was like, oh, you know, stay alive after the damn ass-kicking you just tried to yeah, perceive I, there. So, I'm yeah. a fan of the Bee Gees. I like their 60s stuff. I like their 70s stuff. Yeah, Ralph Vieira, also a fan. I, I love the Bee Gees, but I love the Bee Gees, but he just mentioned Limp Biscuit and Bee Gees in the same place. Now you know why so you want to hate me, because hate is all the world has ever seen lately. No, right. oh <laughs> I, 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 I have to. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> I like fucking Limp Biscuit, okay? <laughs> I told you I'm tuning into the power. I can't up, help I it. <laughs> I loved it from the moment I heard them cover Faith. Because I like George Michael. And then I heard Faith like pissed off. <laughs> but remember, that's when I started getting back into metal again. Music got pissed off. Right, right. I didn't like it when it was sad and depressed in Nirvana. And I want to cut my dick off and shove it up my ass and die. Then please explain to me what the fuck you like The Cure for. Because that was goth rock. Because that's The Cure is different, man. Yeah, that's, that's the totally... same fucking thing. Oh, I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm pissed off. What's the difference? No, it's not. Okay, maybe Bullshit. it is, but it sounds better. <laughs> All right, speaking of The Cure. No, don't you fucking do it. I swear to God, you played on this show. Rolling I Stones. Star fucker.
Oh, yeah, off a of goat's head soup. The record calls it Star Star only because in the United States you couldn't call something in the 70s Star Fucker. Love that tune. All right, let's uh, get into our number twos before Dub gives us... Uh... Mountain Man. Whoever. What? That, that motherfucker. That motherfucker Mountain on the right. Man? We're going to get our number twos before Mountain Man gives us his uh, Slipknot. <laughs> who, wants to, who wants to take second favorite horror film all time? You motherfucker. <laughs> well, I, I think it should be Mountain Man's go on this one to start number two, even though he just finished number three. All right, well, I'll take number two, not a problem. This one, they have rebooted it twice. This movie, the original, I fell absolutely in love with. 1981... Uh, these group of people went out to a cabin to get away, found a book downstairs, started quoting some words, and turned into some evil motherfuckers. I'm going to have to run with 1981's The Evil Dead. Outstanding. I, I mm. prefer The Evil Dead, too, but yeah. Who's that? Ash? Is that his name? Ash? Nash? Nash? Ash. Ash? Something like that. That shit was great, and I loved Army of Darkness, too. <laughs> of course... By the time Army of Darkness comes around, it's gotten into the silly Freddy Krueger kind of thing. But when he's sitting there arguing with his hand, is that now is that Evil Dead where he's arguing with his hand, or is that Evil Dead Two? That I know Dead absolutely two, I nothing about the Evil Dead except for the reboot. Uh, the, the, well, the the reboot's basically the same thing. It just amped it up on better, uh, better basically. Uh, uh, scenes and how they look, but like you said earlier with Freddy Krueger, the, the how much better he looks, stuff like that. It's basically the same thing okay, as the very I first like one rebooted. Reboot. I've never seen the original <laughs> Evil Dead. I, I did see Evil Dead Two where he chops his own fucking arm off. <laughs> right. That that's good stuff. Was the, the Necronomicon book right? Yes. Absolutely. The the book covered in human flesh for binding. Yes. Creepy, yes. creepy shit. I also like the spoof movie, uh, scary movie, or one of them done where they, uh, uh, the two girls downstairs kept saying it, and they'd go evil back to normal, go evil back to normal, and then whenever they finally uh, said it the last time, they were all back to normal. What the fuck happened to my arm? Why did I cut my tongue off? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there could be a whole episode on spoof movies. Everything from the Naked Gun to yeah, a scary movie. Hot shots and hot shots, or hot shots part deux. You're right, part two. and all the scary movie spoofs. Hell, far there's oh, a bunch yeah, cover on all that stuff. for sure. My favorite character in all those ever is still the guy in the wheelchair. I can do it by myself. It starts blowing himself. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then they all put on the glasses, the infrared glasses. They see to come all over his face. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. What? Do I have Do I have something in my hair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, to think, that's how Anna Ferris got her career started. <laughs> true. Very true. Of course, Chris Evans did, too, though. Not another teen movie. Now, now, right, now he's Captain right, America. Exactly. He went from that fucking goofy bastard to Captain America. So, <laughs> right. All right, number two, Sid. My number two will. It's another movie 
series that came out with nine sequels, if I'm not mistaken, is what they're up to right now. But the original first two will probably be my all-time favorite. I am, of course, speaking of Clive Barker's Hellraiser, the story of the Cenobites and Pinhead and how he just loves to see people suffer. That will be my all, well, can't say all-time number two. My all-time number two was altered by Bushy's number four, but that would be my number two uh, right there. Not a Halloween movie, not so much even a gore-fest movie. I mean, their their killings are very unique, but um, definitely Hellraiser, man. We'll probably have Hellraiser 1, Hellraiser 2. Hellbound um, were probably both my uh, favorite of the Hellraiser movies. After that, it was just kind of like a... It was very nah. typical of the 80s. We found a cash cow. Let's ride right. it out. Um, huge fan of Hellraiser. Right. I love the original Hellraiser. What a, what a creepy concept. What a creepy idea. What a creepy film. Uh, it was pretty gory for the time. But uh, yeah, I got you, man. I'm with you. Pinhead, I loved him. That was a scary. Yeah, I like that. I like how they, I like how they ripped all that flesh yeah. off the uncle in that movie, Dude, man. That like just, just the amount of, like you can see the details of like all uh, like his tendons and his muscles, and then and then when they brought him back to life, dude, when he was all bones and freaking pus or whatever, and he was coming out and you know basically being recreated back. Oh, that was just so awesome how they shot that, man. Like just to know like how old that movie is and. One of the horror movies well ahead of its time. I mean, Clyde Barker, man, absolute fucking well, that's, genius that's right there, dude. That's where you really got like, to see the talent that these people had back then as opposed to a guy that could work a mouse on a computer program. Because back then, they had to build this. You know, they, exactly. special effects back then were very practical. They had to make it look like it was real. And sometimes it failed. Other times it was brilliant, and I think in this case with Hellraiser, especially that scene when he's coming back from the dead from hell, at one of those, one of those sequences that was filmed and created that was absolutely brilliant. Right, and then the the fact when when I, when I was reading up on the, um, I want to say I was just reading up the uh, like documentary and the credits to that movie. Like you know how you get a DVD or a Blu-ray and you get the extra credits with commentary. Basically, um, come to find out, they had to like really shoot that movie at a certain, I think, at a certain speed, and then kind of wind it back a little bit so it had that coming back effect. So when you're actually watching come back. The original shot was he was fading away, which was, you know, into the ground. I thought that was simply epic because, I mean, you cannot rewind a movie while it's being shot. So you had to kind of piece it together. Like I said, that that little sequence in that movie made that movie what it is today because, like, no one had that thought concept back there in the 80s, man. No way. No, that was, no that way. was definitely a, a, a brilliant piece of filmmaking. And unfortunately, the horror genre, and I'm going to admit it's not my favorite genre at all, but the horror genre doesn't get credit that's due. And um, I think a lot of that is because a lot of time in horror, it's not so much about horror, it's more about gore. Now, the slasher movies of the 80s, those are iconic. But even those don't compare to the gore 
that we see in film these days. You know, it's it's just so much right. worse. And it's crossed over. If you watch a war movie, I just watched Hacksaw Ridge a week ago. Jesus Great Christ. Movie. That is just horrifically violent. And I understand that's probably pretty indicative of what happened in Okinawa on that night. But good Lord. Exactly. The, the, the level that special effects has come to through CGI is absolutely ridiculous. That's why I sing such praises to something like Hellraiser, because there was no CGI then. There, there was no such thing. It was absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Number two, Mount Man, you give us one? Dude, I thought I, I already know. did. Yeah, he let off number, number two, two, yep. My number two was oh, yeah, The okay. Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, my number two. This film to this day scares the shit out of me. This film to this day, I can only watch in the daytime. I will not watch it at night. Um, oh, oh, wow. Yes, he? sir. I was raised in the church, and while I'm not a religious person, I still don't tempt fate. I can tell you a funny story before I reveal the title of this film. Um, we were living in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. My dad was going to let me stay up to watch First Blood because he thought every kid should watch a movie like that. Well, we were watching The Love Boat. And then it was about time for First Blood to come on on HBO. Now, back then, you had to get up, walk your ass across the room, and turn the channel. Click, click, click. I uh, turned the channel, and I saw a head spin, and it scared the shit out of me. I was freaked out. Now, it wasn't time yet. Dad says, go back. The second time I go back to turn a channel... What happens is, now remember, I have this creepy little head spin in my mind. I go and I turn the channel, but as a kid does sometimes, you go too fast and try to click back. I hit a war movie. And at this particular scene, what I see out of this 22-inch TV, I think that was the biggest they made at the time, was somebody jumping out of the screen at me. What it was was somebody jumping out of a foxhole, but all I saw was somebody jumping at me. And I screamed, and I screamed, and I ran out of the living room into the kitchen, screaming in hysterics. I get into the kitchen running, just trying to get away from this monstrosity that just terrified me. And because of my stomping running through the house, dishes fall out of the fucking cabinet. That did not help me. My screaming level goes even higher. You have to understand, I'm in first, second grade at this point. I am in hysterics. Derek's, all because of this quick vision of this little girl turning her head 180 <laughs> degrees. I never saw this film until 1994 when I was in the army, in the barracks, in broad daylight. And I will never watch this fucking film unless it's broad daylight. I don't know why <laughs> this movie scares the shit out of me. 1973, The Exorcist. Yes. Exorcist. Oh, yeah. my God. The most terrifying experience of my life. And it really wasn't even that. It was a guy jumping out of the screen. But because I'd already seen the creepy, 
somebody jumping out of the screen at me. Totally destroyed me. I had to watch First Blood a week later when it re-aired on HBO because my parents, it, it took them four hours to calm me down. I did finally watch the movie, and I have seen it several times. Then they released these unedited versions, and now you got the bitch walking upside down, fucking crawling backwards. Ah! Fuck that film. That's the scariest shit I have ever seen. I am not a religious man, but the devil is alive, <laughs> and I want nothing to do with that son of a bitch. Scariest movie of all time. It's not my favorite horror movie of all time. That's why it's number two. But it is the most terrifying thing I have ever seen in my life. And I have seen every Exorcist film since. None of them do to me what that film does to me. That film terrifies me. Right. And that, here's here's another thing, man. I'm glad you picked that for number two because that right there also was the originator if you look at it in special effects, I mean, can you just, like, first of all, how do you rotate? I mean, you can actually probably, you know, maybe have the girl slide around and make it look like she's tilting her head and then have, like, the body kind of propped right there. You know what I'm saying? So it makes it look like her head's attached to her when she's doing that whole 180 thing. But you don't see that when you're looking at the movie. What you see is someone actually taking their fucking head and spinning it around in a 180 angle. Uh, her facial features when she's getting possessed, dude, all the way to like the very end, um, epically done as well. I mean, and then just the I'm, fact I'm getting that hair and, raising and, on my neck now. <laughs> and and the, and the fact that she was talking in Latin language, which a she lot of us never in heard fucking of, fucking Aramaic, man, the language of Christ. That's a lot. Right. Language. Well, I, I thought it was Latin, but yeah, but it, it's just all of it, man. That that whole what is it? Three hours of that I, movie, I, man. Too long. Epic. Too fucking long. Horror too movie, horrifying. Man. Epic horror movie. Do you know what she yeah. did? Yeah, cunting daughter. Yeah, let Jesus fuck you. Let Jesus fuck you. That's the scariest thing I have ever seen in my life. Oh. Uh, and, then, and then the bed elevation thing too man. well we all know that was lifted up by obviously some type of like yeah, metal device scariest bed, but... movie ever made <laughs> not my favorite but fantastic. I will scariest movie ever made still terrifies me I am 42 <laughs> years old and I'm pretty sure I can repel motherfuckers for at least a good half hour trying to come through my front door I got nothing on that film. Scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I'm sorry. I know I've been laughing for the last oh. five minutes. <laughs> but I have to call you the biggest fan. Yes, sir. I'll ever. take it. That movie terrifies me. That is what I cannot watch it tonight. I cannot. And the fact that he can't watch it at night makes it even more sad because he's 42 and still is terrified by that, that fucking, fucking thought of that person coming out of TV. And mind you, <laughs> it, for all you listeners out there, it was a totally different show that Bushy was watching when that person came out of the TV screen. I was watching so, the fucking love boat, man. That's the worst part. We were watching the oh love boat. I switched over to see oh. if the first blood was oh on yet. And that's the scene where Reagan turns her fucking head 180 degrees. Scared the shit out of me. So when I go, it's time for first blood. And I switch but hit that wrong channel. And it's that war movie, that guy jumping out. 
That wasn't even a scary scene, but I was already scared. I was already scared by that head turning thing. That was some evil, scary shit. So that dude jumped out at me. I'm telling you, it took several hours. Text my dad, message my dad. He will confirm that story. Scared the shit out of me. Took forever for them to calm me down. I had to see First Blood later. I could not sit through any TV that night. <laughs> no, uh, now let me explain why I'm laughing so hard. You you said you were how old again? Sir, almost forty three. No, whenever you oh, first we're, watched, uh, it was in uh, the first second, or second grade, second six or, or seven grade maybe. Okay, the, the <laughs> I remember I was four years old. Mom hollered at me that that movie come on TV. I was in my bedroom playing, and by this point, I've already seen. Nightmare on Elm Street, Stephen King's it. I mean, when I was young, that's all I watched. Okay, was I had never movies seen a scary mom, movie ever. So that one scene damaged well, me. <laughs> I walked the other, and she said, come here, you want to see something cool? And I turned to look at the screen, and her head rotated. And I went, holy shit, that is awesome. It's oh, no. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing oh, so no. at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm telling you, I... If I watch it at night, I cannot get to sleep for two reasons. First of all, there's not enough lights in this place to light up every corner. Second of all, the nightmares that flood through my brain after watching that shit. Nope, nope, nope. Daytime, so I have plenty of time to watch funny stuff and goofy stuff the rest of the day. Fucking scariest, most frightening film ever made. I actually have um, a, a similar type of story. Unfortunately, I, it wasn't The Exorcist. Um, back in New York, when I used to live up in the Bronx with my dad, I would probably say I was maybe I, I probably the same age as Bushy, about five or six. I remember probably first, second grade around there. And uh, I'm hearing this, oh, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Because my dad, like I said, the walls were so thin in New York. I could just hear my dad was watching in the living room and i'm in the bedroom with my mom my sister and we're like in bunk beds and i'm like on top and i'm like damn i gotta go to the bathroom so i go down off my ladder walk out and i'm hearing this and the guy again yelling they're coming to get you papa and i'm like what the hell is my dad watching so i peek around the corner mind you i'm holding my little weeby here and stuff because i got a pee but i wanted to see what he was watching and he's watching his black and white movie i see this girl with this 1950s hairdo and stuff and this nerdy guy teasing her hell of her i'm like what is he talking about and all of a sudden i see this old guy with his hands and this pale fucking face no expression dark eyes just coming up at the guy choking him and then fucking hitting his head on a damn headstone and i don't know why but I ended up fucking screaming and running in the bathroom and just puking my guts out to that fucking movie. And I'm, of course, speaking of George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. That movie right there, I cannot watch at night. I'm with Bushy. I have one movie that I cannot watch because I was terrified and horrified when I was younger. My movie will be Nightmare, uh, The Night of the Living nice, Dead right nice. there. The old 50s black and white, right? Uh, I done figured out what I'm going to do now. 
Yeah, it was, it was yeah. the black and white version, not the updated I, color I, version. I like no, that, the, the That would scare white. me, though, because uh, zombies are stupid. They're slow. It's like, uh, just walk a little faster. You can get away. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bushy, you do know you just screwed yourself. You knew no me and Jessica saving money to come up there and visit you, right? Because I'm going to figure out how to get in your damn house because I've got the Exorcist doll. Here at my house, that bitch is gonna be in your bed oh, one fuck day. Fuck you! I will die, dude. You, you, you will me. I will die. Facebook that shit. I got to see that on Facebook for sure. <laughs> I will. I will get with Nevaeh, and we're gonna figure out how to scare the living team mortal hell yeah, that, out of you. That will kill. <laughs> uh, that's not even funny. There will be no more bushy. <laughs> <laughs> You mean there'll be no more mountain man because you'll probably kill him. No, after that. I, I will have a heart attack. That's that's the most terrifying thing I have ever oh. seen in my life. Good God, that's not that's not even cool. That's the equivalent. That is music break. Equivalent of throwing a snake on me. It's that terrifying. There's only two things in the world I'm scared of: snakes and the Exorcist. <laughs> how, how about we play Godsmack Cry Like a Bitch right about no, now? No, not, man. I haven't played a song in a bit. Mountain Man got one. You got a couple in there. What's up? Fuck your Godsmack. <laughs> Wait uh, just a second. Wait just a second. Somebody wants to state that? something. Hello? Hey, Bushy. Just so you know, Mountain Man is terrified of spiders. Shut the hell up! Okay, so... Look, I'm so glad you said that. Thanks, Granny. Um, snakes can kill you. Spiders, really? Bugs. Can kill you. Look, we got brown recluse up here, and I'm well-versed in the Black Widow. No, they, they the, the Black Widow could kill you, but spiders? It's a, it's a bug. Shut up. Oh, God. It's hey, a bug. Up. I'll fucking scare you no with a piece of lint. Of Look at that. I have <laughs> ammo against the mountain man. Because my mom was terrified of bugs in general. But if I picked up a piece of lint and threw it at her and said, Oh my God, a spider. She would shit herself. You would do the same. Now look, now we have... Negative, because I actually have to see it. Now we have common it. ground. You, see, let me tell you something. I don't kill the spiders in my house. So, you ain't coming in. <laughs> I don't kill them on the outside of the house. They hang out. I, I have multiple webs, multiple spiders, with multiple egg sacs. I don't care. They kill mosquitoes and shit. <laughs> Take them out. <laughs> All right. Well, Bushy, what are you wanting to play for this music block, brother? Oh, I was going to give you the shot. Oh, I thought you were saying you. No, no, I wasn't going to be selfish. Right. I was keeping Sin from being selfish with all his fucking new metal. <laughs> oh, okay. Although I do like that song Crying Like a Bitch I'm going to go on the record and say that I hate that it's written about Nikki Six, But I love that song Oh really? It was written about that Nikki Six. I did not know that The Crew Fest 2 tour um, I saw that tour uh, Theory of a Dead Man Drowning Pool um, Godsmack Molly Crew Yeah 25th anniversary of uh, Dr. Feelgood They played the album in its entirety Look at my Facebook, man. I have pictures. Oh, I did not know that. Well, I learned something new today. Fantastic. All righty. Well, for this song, I guess I will go with uh, 
a favorite band by, I do believe, all of us. Last time I checked. No, it's not Slipknot, you dickweed. <laughs> anyway, uh, this band, uh, all three of us have enjoyed. Bushy actually fully introduced me to them. Two crazy-ass wild chicks. Negative. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you motherfucker. My, my man speaking about my baby's mom. Oh, your baby's mom? Who's yeah, that? okay. Carla or Heidi? Anyway. I, I'm a Carla guy. It's Heidi. Yeah, I'm oh, a Heidi you're guy. guy. That's your Sorry. future future ex baby uh, mama? No, no, that's my future baby mama. She's the one who's gonna give me like the three other uh, kids oh, I Heidi? need. Oh, oh see okay. Carla, I just wanted to rape me once. I won't even press charges. Just <laughs> do it. Yeah. <laughs> Heidi, I just want her to sit on my face, dude. Well, Bushy, I hope you have this song. You don't have to look it up, but it is from their album, uh, Take It Come Like on, a Man. man. It's going stupid questions. Uh, it's... <laughs> I said, quit what? asking stupid questions. Well, you know, it's actually a song that they really sing for both of them instead of screaming oh, the whole time, it but it's going to have song? to be uh, Butcher Babies Thrown yes!
thank you so much for picking that because that's a song that finally let us know that yes these women do have vocal talent other than just screeching which i do dig you know that they're a great band but yeah throw it away that's a beautiful song ballad awesome 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 we are at number one not the best but our all-time favorite horror films because i think the best is obviously fucking exorcist because it still scares me to this day (laughs) (laughs) number one who's taking it i'll take it number i'll take it just so that i don't have to come up with a number one uh my number one uh was released actually the year before i was born and i didn't watch it until say roughly 1988 but I uh, um I am of course speaking of John Carpenter's original Halloween. Yep, would be my number one. The story about the brother who hacks his sister because she's not giving him enough attention and decides to go around and kill just a whole bunch of babysitters. Now I don't know what the whole babysitter thing was because I know he was looking for his little sister Lori Strode, which kind of. In John Carpenter's telling, we never knew why he was always after Laurie Strode, but thank goodness to fucking oh, yeah. I so was going to ask you about that. Preach, now, please preach. The reboot in 2007 done by Rob Zombie, I thought was going to flop. I heard about it in 2006 versus on MySpace, which is now like the Facebook thing, you know, going on. Uh, I thought Rob Zombie was going to flop that movie, but he told us how Michael became Michael, how Laurie Strode was Angel Myers and not Laurie Strode, how basically she was adopted. And, uh, yeah, I like I like his original Halloween Rob Zombies, you know, his retelling. Now, the retelling on part two was a little more like left me in the loop because, you know, in the original part two... Uh, from Mustafa Akkad's uh, Halloween adaption, it was all shot in the fucking hospital, which was crazy to think one whole area, an hour and 30 minutes in the fucking hospital, you got a guy over here who's fucking just killing people. Rob Zombie did a little bit differently. He wanted to see what Laurie Stroh looked like after the ass kicking he gave her a couple right. of years later. And that I liked in, in, in a sense. And then the fact, here's another thing, the fact that Rob Zombie was such a Michael Myers fan and a fan of the Halloween movies, he brought back Danielle Harris, dude. Michael's niece from part four and part five and did her fucking justice, dude, in fucking Halloween too, dude. Great fucking job by Rob Zombie. One of my favorite reboot movies from horror by far. I now, cannot here's... argue. I cannot argue. I uh, I loved what he did with Halloween. I loved even more what he did with Halloween, too. I am a fan of the original Halloween. I'm actually a weird, bigger fan of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yes. Because it had nothing to do with Michael Myers. And I, I actually kind of wish that franchise had gone that way. You know, just right. Halloween-themed films that had nothing to do with Michael Myers. Unfortunately, back then, it didn't catch on. Everyone said Halloween, they want to see Michael Myers. 
You right. know, that was the era of the sequels. That's why we had Jason. That's why we had fucking Freddy. That's why we had goddamn Pinhead. They want to see these guys coming back in the sequels. Halloween 3, I think, is highly underrated. Highly underrated. Yes, it is. You want to you wanna know what makes it real sad? And, and this is going to probably... You'll probably maybe invest in trying to go see this. Now, I don't know... Who is the studio behind this concept, oh, man? Are, are but you it's about going Jamie down. Lee Curtis coming back for another Halloween film? No, 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 no. I, I I've haven't seen heard that, that rumor. I've seen that rumor. Online. No. Forty-year anniversary of the reboot. It's not being done by Rob Zombie, and rumor has it, Dimension, who owns the Halloween movies, which is we all know Harvey Weinstead's little company you know studio um they're not behind the helm of this reboot movie from what i've heard i am hoping to god that freaking platinum dunes did not get a hold of the halloween movies because if they did this movie is gonna fucking suck Whoever's doing it, they're not even. They they just have the teaser up, and when I mean teaser, all it says is Halloween 2018, and on the bottom it says 40 years. You I'm know, telling you, I think that's the one that Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back for. Man, if it is fan fucking tastic, but if she does come back, dude, it, it's they have they they can't kill her off. She's got to make this movie. They already dude, killed her off. I thought. Yeah, they did in um, what was it? Halloween uh eight? Five, I forgot six, what. 12, no, no, it, it was eight. It was eight. It was uh not H two O, but the one after H two O, which had Busta Rhymes in it, and it just fucking sucked. But um, yeah, they killed her off in like the first fifteen minutes of that fucking movie. So Fair enough. Yeah, let me try my ass, man. Mountain Man was your number one. Ha! I'm gonna have to run with Rob Zombie and both movies tied together. House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. Both fantastic, scary-ass damn movies. Love them. Love them. God damn, I love them. I prefer The Devil's Rejects, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I prefer The Devil's Rejects, too. Absolutely amazing, both of those films. I love the clown guy, Sid Haig. I actually follow him on Instagram. Great films. And that... I. I'm so proud of Rob Zombie in that respect because when he went off on his own to do music and left White Zombie, he went straight to shit. But the artwork on his albums is always his. So you knew he had this mentality. If you watch his videos, music videos, especially with White Zombie, you could see that he had this, you know, this affection for that classic 50s, 60s horror, horror genre. And when he came out with those films, brilliant 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 i love i love house of a thousand corpses that's how much better uh the devil's rejects is because i love house of a thousand corpses um have you seen 31 yes no holy fuck that's amazing i got that bitch on blu-ray it is typical rob zombie brilliance for sure now for anybody Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was going to say for anybody that is listening or do not watch The Devil's Rejects without watching House of a Thousand Corpses first. Yes, it will make no sense. Correct. 
Because that is just a shit film. If you haven't seen House, then it's a shit film. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, well, this is just a B-movie that makes no sense. Well, that's because you didn't watch the first one. He, That's the one thing I'm liking about Rob Zombie. You can't go and watch, as we were speaking about a minute ago, Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. If you haven't watched the first Halloween. But you can go back to the 70s and 80s and watch the second Halloween or the fourth Halloween. And it doesn't fucking matter because it does, it, it, they're each individual movies. The story isn't continuously told. Rob Zombie takes the story where it ends. Okay, new film. We're picking up where we left off. This is chapter two. And moves on. I think the guy has a brilliant career outside of music. Yes, right. I agree too. I agree too, and I, and I hate to say he will probably be our leader of this this uh this decade, this century uh, in horror film directing because technically Rob Zombie is old school. He rarely, rarely uses any CGI effects on any of his fucking movies. Yeah, he keeps the traditional horror film alive. And that's exactly. One I, that's one of the things I do like about him. You know, and even with the Halloween movies, I mean, he he was doing Halloween, so he did everything that was typically 80s. He got to see boobs, which is always a plus. Um, mm-hmm. Boobs. You got to see Daniel Harris's, which is oh, yes. always freaky. <laughs> but but he keeps that whole 80s, 70s, 60s horror genre alive, and uh, I I hope he continues to make them. He hasn't been doing them as much. Check out 31. You'll love it. Yes. Also, check out the Lord Lords of Salem. Nice. Yeah. All right. All my right. number one. It's just me, right? I'm almost left, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Mine is possibly the silliest of the bunch, but I cannot help it. This is my favorite horror film of all time. 1986, you had Ozzy Osbourne playing a televangelist preaching against the evils of rock and roll. You had the great Gene Simmons playing DJ Nuke on the local radio station. You had little Eddie who was bullied by all of his high school jock friends. And he was such a fan of Sammy Kerr who died tragically in a hotel fire. And DJ Nuke gives him the only demo copy of his upcoming album and the kid goes home and he starts to play it backwards and starts getting messages from Sammy Kerr from beyond the grave on how to get revenge against the bullies that once used to bully Sammy. That's right, 1986, trick or treat. Mm. Love that stupid, stupid Stupid, silly fucking film. Fastway did the soundtrack. It's awesome. It's a headbanger's wet dream. And I think that's why it's my favorite. It's not scary. It's funny. But it's awesome. Gene Simmons was offered the role of Sammy Kerr. He turned it down. He did Nuke as a tribute to his favorite DJ in New York City, Mr. Wolfman Jack. Blackie Lawless of Wasp was also offered the role of Sammy Kerr. I'm not sure why he turned it down other than he probably just can't act. Brilliantly done. So cheesy. Lots of tits. Lots of ass. Lots of metal. It's everything that I love about the 80s. 
Trick or Treat. My favorite song by Thrash or Die. One of my favorite songs, rather. In the Key of Death from Poser Holocaust is based on this film. Love this movie. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, nice pick. Nice choice. Very, very interesting song. Yeah. Yes. Had to had to go goofy. Had to go goofy. And, and I can't help it, man. I watch that shit all the time. It is my favorite horror film. And I don't have to watch something funny afterwards. I can actually watch it and go to sleep. Right. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I, I think this has been a success. Talking horror films, Halloween, Walking Dead tonight. We're all sitting here talking, not watching fucking football. I don't know about you, but I don't watch football anymore. No. Nope. Uh, here's my political grandstanding. When I watch football, I don't want to see politics. I have enough of it shoved down my throat every day. And I'm guilty of shoving it down other people's throats every day. That's my free time. You kill that. I have no use for you. I don't watch anymore. Pretty much. Well, thank you, Mountain Man. I'm glad you're with me. All right, Mountain Man, we have some honorable mentions for horror films. What are they? All right. These are from Granny Clyde over here, just for shits and giggles she wanted to throw out there. 1963, The Birds. Ooh, Hitchcock. (laughs) Nice. Yes, sir. One of my choices, 1976, Carrie. Nice. One one of Sam's choices, uh, Friday the 13th, later versions. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. 1988, Halloween-based film, Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Come on. Blood, guts, and gore, what do you expect? Right. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, 2006's The Hills Have Eyes. Nice. Way better and, than the original. Very true, very true. And 2003, which I think is an absolute kick-ass horror movie, because at the end they beat the shit out of everybody. Wrong turn. Not bad, Sid. Anything to promote? Yeah, I just want to promote it's a holiday season pretty much as after the season of the witch. So if you guys are out there and got a little youngin in there who has been testing your musical instruments, whether it be a piano, violin, some type of horn instrument, a bass, a set of drums, or fuck guitar, or they're just picking up the microphone or you can hear them singing in the shower or in the bath, invest this year, man, instead of getting your kid a toy or fucking something like an iPod or a PS4 where they're sitting on their ass. Make them do something constructive. Get them, get them a musical instrument. Dishes. Yeah, get them a musical instrument, man, the way I look at it. Uh, you know, and see, tap tap, in, tap into something. You might have something there in your hands, man. So that's, that's what I'm going to promote this week. Nice. So Nice. Mountain Man. I'm going to promote... The same thing is always here lately, pretty much. All of the devastation from the hurricanes. Everybody's still needing help out there, guys. Definitely either dig down deep in the bottom of your pockets, or if you can go yourself and volunteer, help in Puerto Rico. I know Florida is not that bad anymore, nor is uh, Houston. Either way, there's still a little bit of stuff going on at all three places. Please remember to either... 
dig deep and donate. Hell, it doesn't even matter if it's only a dollar. Donate something. Volunteer your time. Do something to help these good people out. They are a part of us. They are a part of the United States of America. So support each other and just continue helping each other out. Nice. Well said, sir. Um, I'm not going to go nearly as deep as you guys. Uh, what I want to talk about, promote, is the 1987 Kiss album, Crazy Nights. It's very pop metal. I love the shit out of it, though. That's the lineup of uh, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Eric Carr, the late, great Eric Carr, and Bruce Kulick, man. Beautiful album. Like I said, very heavy pop. Uh, crazy, crazy nice. I'll fight hell to hold you. Bang, bang, you. No, no, no. Hell or high water my way. When your walls come down, reason to live. Good girl gone bad. Turn on the night. Thief in the night. Great album. If you haven't given this record a chance and you're a fan of mid-80s pop metal, Kiss, Crazy Nights, also one of my favorite Kiss album covers. Check it out. All right. It is time for the plug to get the fuck up out of here. Sid, final thoughts. Final thoughts, man. Other than be kind and good to one another, I ain't got nothing for this week, man. Other than just stay... Stay yourself and be yourself. That's it. Other than that, this is Sin. I'm out. Not mad. Skitter pal, meow, meow. Mountain man out, brother. Ooh, no stay sick, nothing. These guys are fucking me up this week. Fine. We had to. Fair enough. <laughs> I'ma be predictable. Motherfuckers. Five vinyl. We'll see you next week. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I wanna rock. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You gotta fight for your right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've got Bush. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right, bangers. Cold beer, hot women, loud music, and copious amounts of hairspray and spandex. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, the Big Bushy Power Hour is the biggest party on that metal station.com. Hey, bangers, Big Bushy here. What are you doing every Saturday and Sunday morning, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time? I tell you what you should be doing. You should be tuning in to DJ Sato and his night shift. That's right, all genres of metal, all requests honored, only on ThatMetalStation.com. But remember, whatever you do, don't fall. Hi, this is Mark Olden Taylor from the Freeform Rock Podcast, where we rock and roll all night and party every day. Come check us out on iTunes and Podbean. Thank you very much. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go But hey, I say, well that's okay Cause we'll see you very soon, I know Very soon, I know
fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week.